having a vision for the kingdom, having a vision for God being everything. That's what we've been talking about as we've studied the Lord's Prayer in the last few weeks. And as we've studied the Lord's Prayer, we have come across some extraordinary principles. Having a vision for the kingdom, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And having a vision for who you are, your position as a child of God. Praying our Father, not our Father on earth, not our Father like of the Pharisees, your father is the devil, but our father in heaven, the heavenly father, the one who is everything, the one who can promise everything and deliver on everything, and he's had us come into his family, and we, we walk in that way. So we learned that Jesus said, pray in this manner. I, I said every week and continue to say, it's also live in this manner, and it's keeping that vision in your heart, that I am a child of God, I'm about his kingdom, he has daily provision for me, daily bread, he has pardoned for me in the forgiveness of sins, and I forgive others, and uh, he doesn't lead us into temptation, he delivers us from evil, and we're being delivered to a kingdom where his is the glory forever and ever. Amen, everybody, amen. And that concludes the Lord's Prayer. We had to bring that in to go into this next phase because we're going to still talk about prayer for another week or two or three. And I believe there's going to be some things that I'm sharing that can help us because prayer uh, is sometimes hard to understand. You know, things don't always work out the way we want to see them work out when we pray. Some people have difficulty praying. And uh, there's a lot to prayer, and I don't have all the answers about prayer, but just as I said in the Lord's Prayer, there are extraordinary principles. I'm going to say that prayer itself is extraordinary. If you think about this for a second, this, this came to me as I was thinking of it. You know, prayer is a very extraordinary principle because... It's a means of doing business with God. It's a means of building up our relationship with him. And ultimately, that means that we are connected with our Father in heaven. We are connected or plugged in. We are plugged in. And that means we're plugged into some power. We're plugged into love. We're plugged into his presence. And I was just thinking, without prayer, without prayer, what would it be? What would our our Christian life be, but maybe just an uh, ethical life of faith, of morals and principles. Without prayer, it would only be ethical, morals, principles. Without prayer, it would be a relationship that wasn't personal. And I think of how personal God is and that we can have this relationship with him. How often, you may not spend hours in prayer in the prayer closet, like Jesus said, go into your closet and pray. You may not spend hours in prayer, but if you're a born-again believer, I bet you breathe prayers throughout the day or at least when you're in trouble or when you need, to need something. And hopefully, when you just have praise coming up in your heart and you're worshiping the Lord, but the idea that we can be connected, plugged into God, that we can have a relationship with Him. Thank you, Lord, for prayer. What would our lives be without prayer? Without prayer, we're just doing a, you know, a good person thing. But with prayer, it's personal. Without prayer, you can't see answers and miracles. With prayer, we can see answers and miracles. But I don't always see answers and miracles, somebody says. Anybody feel that way sometimes? Sometimes we don't. 
but you got to keep praying because if you don't pray, that ensures that you won't. Okay, but God has promised many things, and why don't we see more answers? And uh, there are several reasons. We're going to talk about some of them as we get on a little bit, and I don't have all the answers as to why we don't always have answers. But today I'm going to bring up one point that may be a, a clue and may be helpful. One of the reasons we don't always see answers to prayer is because we don't pray in faith. The prayer of faith saves the sick. According to your faith, it will be done. Believe and you will receive. And, you know, we, we come a lot of times without faith in a sense that it's going to make a difference, our prayers. We often come more with hope, prayers of hope. And that's not bad either because God still answers prayers of hope. So, you know, a lot of prayers are hit and miss, and I hope God heard this. I hope God's going to do it, you know. And if I were to ask you after you pray, do you have it? Well, I hope so. That's a prayer of hope. But Jesus didn't say, you know, hope and you will receive it. He said, believe and you will receive. So one answer is maybe we're not praying in faith. And now that's not always the answer. So please don't mistake what I'm saying today as the only thing or take any condemnation saying, I'm not getting my prayers answered because I, I don't have faith or anything. You never... You never take it all in a box like that. You never tell someone your prayers didn't get answered because you didn't have faith or something. No. So please, don't take what I'm saying and run with it in that way. I'm saying this is just one piece of the prayer puzzle, but I believe it's a valuable piece, and it may be very beneficial and useful, the things I'm going to say today, as far as your prayer life goes. So it's the prayer of faith, that God hears and answers. And God still answers prayers of hope. Praise God for that. Praise God for his grace and mercy. And he's so good, and we've talked about how he wants to give, he desires to give, and so we do get our prayers answered many times when we didn't have that faith that we're talking about today. So that's awesome. But just think of how you could up your prayer life and how you could up the answers if you were building up your faith in that sense to pray more along that line. You're good with hope, but with faith, you've got extra in your arsenal. And so we're going to look at uh, some encouraging words today that Jesus gave to the disciples in this manner. And it's Mark 11, verse 20 to 24. And now they had just, uh, they were leaving the town of Bethany, going back to Jerusalem. The day before, Jesus had cursed the fig tree. And uh, this next morning, it says, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So this is, uh, this is very this is an incredible passage. 
to really think and dwell upon and to use in our, our prayer life. Uh, but often, we pray these, these duty-bound prayers. We, we get into a routine, maybe, or we just get into a, a habit, and we mindlessly lift things up to the Lord, or we offer uh, vague petitions and things like that. But here, we are seeing that Jesus is directing a very sharp, focused, targeted attack when we go after something in prayer. Instead of empty religious words that a lot of people in general in the church might just get into this empty habit of praying, this is what I do, this is what we're supposed to do, a good Christian prays and we pray and oh, I did my duty and I prayed, but now, no, Jesus is saying be very targeted and focused. You're, you're being targeted and focused in who you're having faith in. You're being targeted in what you're believing for what you're saying you're being focused in, and what you're receiving you're being focused in. So when we go to prayer, we're going to business. He means business, and we ought to mean business. And so he gives us keys in this passage to how we can be targeted and focused in that respect. Everything okay? Um, and the first thing he says is have faith in God. Now, why, why did he say have faith in God? Didn't they have faith in God? They were following him, right? Because they had faith in God. When he said have faith in God, he wasn't giving a gospel presentation or trying to win them to the Lord, which would be okay. But this wasn't the point. The point of him saying have faith in God, he was showing that there is a distinction between having an initial faith in the Lord or having a general faith in the Lord. But he was saying there is a place for exercising faith. So it's not just a belief in God, but it's a placing your confidence and trust, having faith in God in many ways. And how can we have faith in God in a lot of those ways? Well, we, we know that it's faith that pleases God, Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's faith that pleases God, but it's also faith that gets answers to prayers. And so how can we exercise faith or think about how we're exercising faith beyond just, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe. Okay, I've got faith. Help me with this. Okay, well, one thing to begin with is having faith in God, having faith in God's presence when you pray. Remember, just before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, when you go into your room, go into your closet. We, we said the Greek can imply a storehouse. Go in and shut the door. Why? Because God wants to have a relationship with us and there's his presence with us so that we can be alone and that we can understand that we're in his presence and he is, is meeting with us. And um, closing the door, as Jesus said, it means get connected. Close the door to everything that's distracting. Close the door so that you can get still and know that he is God. And that's Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And when it says, Be still and know that I am God, I believe it means more than just bodily stillness. But you have to still your heart. You have to still your mind. You have to get yourself in a position where you are getting into the Spirit, if I may say that. And Jude says in verse 20, building yourself up in your faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, the charismatic churches will teach that praying in the Holy Spirit means praying in tongues. And 
I believe that this means more than just praying in tongues. I believe whether you pray in tongues or pray in your native language, you can either be praying in the spirit or in the flesh. Are you with me? You, you can get into a rut, a routine, and you're praying just because that's what you do. Or you're, you're praying, you know, I need to pray, but you're not really in the spirit. Well, how do you get in the spirit? You can pray in the flesh or the spirit, whether that's tongues or English or Spanish or whatever you're praying in. But the idea is be in the spirit. Pray in the, praying in the Holy Spirit will build up your faith. And how do you do that? Well, one way is you be still, you get your heart directed and focused. I believe that being in the spirit is not such a spooky, mystical thing, but it's just a directing, a conscious directing of your heart to the Lord, that his presence is here. I'm putting my faith now. I'm trusting that he is here and that he's happy to be here. Um, I have Psalm, uh, Proverbs 15, 8. The prayer of the upright is his delight. Getting in the spirit is meditating. Uh, you can take a scripture like this and meditate. God is happy that I'm here. The prayer of the upright is his delight. Maybe you don't have a scripture you're meditating on, but you're just starting to think and focus on the goodness of God or, or being thankful, coming to him with thanksgiving or thinking on how he's worked in your life, but you're getting into a place where you're still and you're directing your heart, your mind, your focus on the Lord. And this makes it great. If you can focus on the prayer of the upright is, is his delight. You mean I can bring delight to the Lord? Well, another verse says you can. Psalm 147 verse 11 says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. You know, I know a lot of Christians struggle with their, their self-worth sometimes, and they think, yeah, I'm just a worm, and I, you know, God, why would God listen to me? And, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I know I'm not worthy, and, and they take that in, and they're, you know, none of us are worthy except because Jesus made the way and that we have the righteousness of Christ given to us through his death and resurrection. And these are things to get in the spirit and think about. But the idea is you don't go and say, I'm an unworthy worm. I go knowing that he takes pleasure in me because I hope in his mercy. And this will make your prayer time more enjoyable. A lot of people have a hard time sitting still and praying because they got other things to do and they, they don't get to tap into the pleasure of prayer. There is pleasure in the connection. Again, being thankful that we can even have a relationship with God. I go back to that first statement I made that we're plugged in and without prayer, what would our lives be? And even if you're not the best prayer person, what a glorious thing to know that you're not alone and that at any time you can speak to God and you know that God hears you. And this is without. We would be without. We'd be walking around without. When I first got saved, I felt like now I'm with. I have a constant companion. I have the loving God in my life. I'm with, and it changed my life everywhere I went. I, I was with, with, and I was looking at all the lost out there, and I was thinking, they're all without. They don't know the goodness of God. They don't know a relationship with God. And prayer is a way of just coming back to that and to know that he is present when when you get into your closet, he's present with you always, but there is a special sense of his presence that you can usher in. And this is all about praying in the spirit, getting yourself in the spirit of the gospel, in the spirit of grace, in the spirit of love, in the spirit of holiness and godliness, in the spirit of the goodness of God that you are just knowing him. Be still and know, knowing him. And that is having faith in God's presence. 
And then we have faith in God hearing us, that God will hear us. I've had people say to me sometimes, well, I don't think God really wants to be bothered with my, my problems and things like that. Really, this was God's idea. God is inviting us. God's not only hearing us, but he desires to give to us. Now, there's, there's three ways in Scripture that I, that I am aware of in which he will not hear us. And one of the ways is just at the, the last part of this speaking to the mountain verses, in verses uh, 44 and 45, it says, when you stand praying, forgive. Um, it's not 44 and 45, I'm sorry. It was Mark 11, 24 and 25, where it says, uh, for surely I say to you when, uh, oh, I'm stumbling now because I can't see. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And we, we spoke earlier that because of Christ dying, we are forgiven, and therefore we forgive. This is how Paul states it in the epistles. And Jesus is stating it here, and you better forgive or God will not forgive. I believe they both work together, but this is a statement hinting or implying or suggesting to us that our prayers aren't going to be very effective if we're holding unforgiveness in our hearts. So that's one area that can hinder your prayers. Another area is in 1 Peter 3 in which he's talking about husbands giving honor to their wives and having a harmonious relationship with their wives so that your prayers be not hindered. And it doesn't mention wives, but I believe it also would apply to wives too. I think it means your relationships. It really goes back to forgiveness, that we're in harmony, that we're together. We're all to, to bless and forgive, and so our prayers won't be hindered, right? Nobody shouting amen. <laughs> be good to your spouse. But husbands especially, it, it, it speak, speaks to you in 1 Peter chapter 3. I believe it's verse 7. Um, also, there's Psalm 66, 18 that says, If we regard sin in our hearts, he will not hear us. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm trying to get you to believe and have faith in God hearing you. But it's because we want to overcome some misunderstanding about a statement like that. If we regard sin in our hearts, he will not hear us. That's regarding, cherishing. If it, if it were just sin in your heart, you wouldn't have a chance we go forever looking for sin in our hearts and say, well, I'm out, I, I just, I'm disqualified. It's not that there's sin in your life. As long as we're on this earth and we're alive and we're walking, moving, talking, breathing, and having any kind of life, there's, there's probably some sin in our hearts. But that sin has been dealt with at the cross. That sin has been wiped away. That sin is not remembered, and we don't look to that and use that. We come in with faith saying God delights in those who put their hope in his mercy. It's talking about cherishing sin in your heart, holding on to sin. And most born-again believers do not cherish sin or hold on to sin. They, they recognize sin and they don't like it, right? So you can go confidently knowing that God's going to hear your prayers. If you are forgiving you're treating your relationships good, especially your spouse, and, and you, you have an aversion to sin. You don't cherish it. You don't regard it. You can, you can trust that God's hearing you. 
I, and what I'm coming to you now, Lord, I'm coming to you in prayer. And what an awesome thing that the God of all in the universe can hear me and wants to hear me, wants to give to me. And some people say, well, God only hears the believer. He doesn't hear the sinner. But he'll hear sinners, too. I mean, Jesus told the parable of the tax collector in the temple and the Pharisee in the temple. And one of them walked away justified. And it wasn't the Pharisee. The tax collector said, uh, be merciful to me, a sinner. So God heard a sinner's prayer there, but God also heard Cornelius in the book of Acts, chapter 10, and uh, the angel appeared to him and said, because of your prayers and alms and, and things, uh, the Lord's heard you, send for Peter. Peter's going to go preach the gospel to them. But God hears our prayers, and if he hears the prayers of those outside the family of Christ, if you are connected, plugged into the family of Christ, you can go confidently, boldly, understanding and having faith in God, hearing your prayers, and that he wants to answer. I said before, someone said to me once that uh, I think God's a little busy to deal with my small trite problems. And that's just wrong thinking. That's not paying attention to all. It was his idea. He, and Jesus said, ask and receive that your joy may be full. It's God's invitation to us to come and pray. Look at Luke 18, verse 35 and 43 to this episode with Bartimaeus. You know, will Jesus hear and does he desire to give? Then it happened as he was coming near Jer Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by and he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is an example of faith. This poor blind beggar man is sitting on the side of the road, and here's this great uh, tumult coming in this crowd. And what's all the fuss about? Well, this is Jesus. He's coming in, and he says, Jesus, son of mercy, have mercy on me. Boy, that took some boldness. I mean, who am I, this poor beggar man? But he's being bold, and he's shouting out, disrupting this procession. How could he dare think that he could have any audience with the one that everyone's crowding around and he's just a poor blind beggar on the road and yet he had faith calling on the son of David he knew something from his old Sunday school class I guess because he knew that there was going to be one that could have mercy and do these things he knew that there was a way to get healed and so he cries out and then what does the church do well it's not quite the church at this point but those who were with Jesus they said, be quiet, don't bother it. You know, what are you doing? They're shouting and telling him to be quiet. They're warning him that you should be quiet. You know, God doesn't have time for you. You're, you're, who are you? You know, we might not have people warning us that way, but sometimes our own hearts might be saying this to us when we're trying to get into prayer. Well, God's not going to listen to me. Well, God, why would God do this when I just had this episode the other day or this thought run through my head or whatever, you know? We have all kinds of 
thoughts coming against us, and I believe a lot of times it's ourselves, sometimes it could be the enemy, spiritually speaking, and saying, no, 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 why would he have time for you? He's important. He's doing other things. And Jesus stopped everything and said, bring that person to me. Oh boy, now you've done it, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. You've troubled the master, and now you're going to get an, a stern rebuke, right? And uh, Bartimaeus goes up to him, and, and Jesus says, you know we were on our way somewhere. What's the, what's the business? No. He says, what do you want me to do for you? There's the heart of God. What do you... God loves bold faith. And each one of us here can be bold like that, knowing who we are, knowing what's in us. And yet we're bold enough to approach the throne of grace. And what's his heart to that? What do you want me to do for you? You know, what... And, and uh, Bartimaeus didn't say, I'm sorry, Lord, I know I've interrupted everything. Bartimaeus didn't even make any protocol about it or Father bless me now and do this. I'll, he said, Lord, I want to see. He just let it out. And guess what? He saw. And if God will do that for a poor blind beggar, how much more will he do it for those who are in covenant with him, his own children born of his spirit, us, whom he says we're not even to come to him as beggars, we're as his children, and we are even said to be seated with him in heavenly places, having the very authority of Christ, Jesus himself. So how much more can we have faith that God wants to give to us? God has a desire to give to, to, give to us, and God hears us and gives. So we have faith in that. Um, there's also... 1 Peter 5, 7, maybe you don't have a specific need, but you're feeling anxious or down, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Again, he wants you. He wants the relationship. And you can go to him with anything because he cares for you. So we have faith in God's presence with us when we pray, faith in his hearing and desiring to give to us. And there's also, of course, faith in God's power. But I'm not going to talk much about that because that's basic Christianity 101. You know that God has power. All things are possible for God. Nothing is impossible with God. But Jesus also said, and all things are possible to him who believes. So we believe in God's power. We can approach him for bold things, like a mountain being cast into the sea. That's pretty bold stuff. Why would he say something so radical, you know, we, we, we've heard it so much and we know this passage, but he, he's not just saying to ask for a little. He's, he, there's a bold thing speaking to a mountain and having it be removed into the sea. So we know God's power. That's 101. But here's where most of us have a hard time having faith in God answering and that he will, that he will answer. Not a hit and miss, not I hope, but having faith that he will. I remember talking to a friend who was going through a very difficult time with finances. And so I was trying to encourage him, and I was saying, you know, God is good. He's not going to let you fall. The scripture says, my God shall supply all your needs. We've got something to stand on here let me pray for you. I want to encourage you and let's pray together for your financial situation. And so we prayed together. And when we were done, said amen. I said, there, it's done. I'm like, yeah, it's done. 
We did business with God. He said, well, you know, sometimes God says yes, and sometimes God says no, and sometimes God says maybe. Oh, well, okay, that sounds so good, and that sounds like a lot of our experience, but guess what? That's not biblical. Now, you know, you can say that and don't feel condemned or anything, but what's biblical? 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20 says that the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. That's not yes, no, and maybe. It's for all the promises of God in him are yes. Yes, yes, we just prayed, we did business. I just prayed, I just did business. You just prayed. Yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. There's another key to prayer, that God wants to receive his glory through us. That's a privilege of prayer. He wants us. Can you have faith in God that he wants to use us to accomplish his purposes and be glorified through the very things we're asking him for so that he can show himself up? Yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Oh, you're going to have to go back and listen to this again. We got to get that. that that's a heavy thought that I just said. And I, I just came out and I thought I need to think on that some more because that'll be a faith builder. Um, but also we have 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Wow. Does this describe your prayer life? You get up and you're just confident. You, you had trouble and anxiety going in, but you get up now and you're... Like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and I have what I've asked for. Well, you know, I wish it were that way every time. And uh, I'm working on it. And that's what I can say to you. You know, this it might not be something that you can achieve overnight in your prayer life. But now you know that it's there, but, and it's something that we need to learn to, to make our standard. Because I think a lot of us just make the standard yes, no, and maybe, and, and it's reinforced and it's encouraged by others, and it helps us understand why sometimes we don't get what we pray, and it's, it's kind of the easier way out. It's more comfortable. This takes a little more of a responsibility that we're believing. We're not just saying, if it be your will, Lord. We're saying, Lord, your will is this, according to your word. What is his will in this situation? Is there anything in his word that can show us what his will is for my situation, the petition that I'm offering up? And I need to know that if I pray according to his will, according to that promise or that precept or principle in his word, I can have the faith to know that what I've prayed for has been heard, that he wants to do it, and I have what I've asked of him. And uh, that is is a powerful way to pray. So Jesus said, have faith in God. Now, to emphasize this, the Greek for have faith in God is actually have the faith of God. So that means strong faith. <laughs> Can you have the faith of God? And what is the faith of God? Well, Jesus had the faith of God. He said, I know that you always hear me in John eleven forty two. 42. And God spoke, the faith of God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. 
And Jesus is saying, have a strong faith, even the faith of God. Well, how can that be? You know, that makes it sound like I'm placing myself in a greater position than I am. No, again, you're bringing that worm mentality, that old covenant, I'm nothing mentality. You need to get into who you are in Christ, a new creation. It's not you, it's God, but it's boldness and speaking as if you have the faith of God himself. And he goes on to uh, emphasize this in the following verse, verse 23. Mark eleven twenty-three says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And removing mountains here is uh, traditionally the Jews understood that as an expression of removing great difficulties. Okay? So removing great difficulties. But notice that, you know, we all have difficulties, but Jesus didn't suggest um, begging to the mountain. He didn't, you know, you don't get the impression he's saying, Please, Mr. Mountain, you're giving me a hard time. Will you please get out of the way? He, he said to say it and to be bold about it. Be removed. Please, Mr. Devil, stop attacking me. We have authority over the enemy. We can say, I rebuke you, Satan. In the name of Jesus, be gone. Well, who are you to say that? It's because God has given it to me. It's not faith in myself. It's because I believe in a big God, and I believe his word that says he's entrusted me with such authority. All right, so this verse, you know, is... I, I, I went through several older commentaries as I was looking at this verse because I think the, the very particular part of this is that it says says three times, speak, speak three times. And you're not speaking to God in this verse, you're speaking to a difficulty or a mountain. But it keeps emphasizing speaking. So I, I want to know more about what it means and why we're to be speaking and how that applies to prayer. And one of the things I believe that he, this is talking about prayer because the next verse will bear that out. But you're not praying to the mountain. You're not praying to Satan when you rebuke him. You are praying to God when your heart is directed to God and leaning on his authority and his promise. Your heart is with the Lord in this, but your words are being directed to the difficulty, the enemy, the problem. And I looked at commentaries, and I wanted to know about the speaking element. And I looked through several of the main commentaries, Barnes, Matthew Henry, Adam Clark, things like that. Uh, one of them, I can't, I think it, well, I won't say which one, but one of them doesn't even address this verse. The others, they address the verse, but they're only talking about the faith aspect. You have to have faith to remove mountains, but nobody really mentions, well, are we really supposed to speak? You know, that seems kind of, kind of odd, doesn't it? But look at what he's coming off of. The day before, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree, and the disciples were amazed. And he said, well, you can do this too. Have faith in God. Jesus rebuked a fever. He spoke to the fever. Peter, in Acts chapter 3, 
spoke to a lame man at the temple and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Interesting, he didn't pray and ask the Lord, would you help this blind person? He just said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He spoke to the difficulty there. Paul was being followed around by a woman who was possessed by a spirit of divination, it says. And he, she was annoying and distracting and irritating. And he finally said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. He didn't pray, oh God, help me with this, this distraction, help me with this woman. He spoke to the mountain, so to speak. So, and again, this is a bold thing. Jesus isn't just saying speak to these things, but this is a form of prayer. And, you know, my own self, I've had a problem at times, and I'll speak. Here's what it is. We talk to God about our problems, and well, we should. But we also need to be talking to our problems about God. How great God is, what God has provided so that this doesn't have to remain. We need to, we need to be speaking so that the angels and demons can hear the declaration of the word of God. There is a word that we might, we might have that we can speak that can be a witness to all heaven and earth and in our situation, and we must see this thing be removed. And you say, well, you know, what if nothing gets, happens? That's have faith in God. And sometimes it's not an instantaneous thing. You're praying and you don't see something right away. You spoke something in faith, but Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and they didn't realize that anything had happened until the next day. You see, there's, there's a process. Sometimes we have to wait for things to come out or to progress and resolve. But we, we stand in faith. And it says to speak words of faith um, when it says, Whenever, whatever you say, if you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things which you say shall be done, you shall have what you say. See, here again it goes to... Uh, Hope in the heart or faith? Do you have doubts? And the problem is many prayers go up without faith because our hearts aren't really convinced. This is the key. Sometimes our hearts are not convinced. And again, even at, the, at that time, God will answer prayers. So this is all not to get discouraged, but to say, this, this is what I want to build myself up to. So you need your heart convinced of the things of God. And that's why we... we exhort each other, we encourage each other, why we hear preaching, why we have teaching, because we're building ourselves up in the faith. Again, Jude, uh, verse 20, building yourself up in your faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The more you spend time in prayer in the Holy Spirit, the more you spend time in the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, and making it your food, your daily bread, the more you encourage each other in fellowship and hear teaching that's building up faith, not just speaking dry things and here's what this means and this, but stuff that you can use and take and run with. You're building yourself up so that your heart can be convinced. And there's another side to it. You're not allowing other things into your heart that bring an opposite message and the unbelief of the world and you're giving your heart more to the, the media and the entertainment and the things that are out there. It's all about our walk of God and building ourselves up so that we can be convinced in our heart and that we can have that authority and faith when we pray and when we witness and when we do the works of God and when we need a touch from him, the love to carry us through our, our difficulties, when we need the renewing of our mind 
so that we're not thinking down the wrong paths and things like that. This is why we build ourselves up in the faith. And none of us have arrived, but we all can be on the right path heading towards that. And you are where you are. Maybe you can speak a word of faith to your mountain and it's, it's not a big deal, but there's some mountains that are bigger than others, and you might not be as convinced in your heart yet that you have faith for that, but that's where we're, we're heading. We're building ourselves up. And that makes prayer interesting. And he goes on to uh, verse 24, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Faith is all about expectations. Again, he didn't say hope that you will have them. It's hope that you receive them. It's believe that you receive them. And you know, I always talk about the Amazon uh, illustration. When you order something from Amazon, you believe that you have received it, right? And you don't have it just yet. When I'm looking for something and I need something, I go to Amazon or whatever it is on the web, and I will read a description of the product, and I will I will see, oh, is this what I need or not? This is the description. And when I give them my credit card number, hit that submit button, I'm not worried about it. I know it's coming, and I believe I've received it. I'm going to have it in two days. Well, not two days anymore. They used to be two days, and now they're seven to eight days. I don't know. But you've got it. And in the same way, we need to look at our product descriptions in the Word. We need to look at the promises that we need for our situation, for what God would be having us be praying, and, and then hit the submit button, submit our petitions to Him according to the descriptions and the promises that we have. That is what I believe is involved in believing that you receive them. It's an expectation, not just a hope. And again, sometimes it's hard to have the expectation. We have the hope, and... God still answers prayers of hope. Praise God. But uh, I, I think of Charles Finney back in the second grade awakening before he was a believer, before he was a Christian. He was attending uh, Presbyterian Church in Adams County. And out of curiosity, he went to the prayer meeting, which they had weekly prayer meetings, and they were praying for revivals and things like that. But it was dull. And he went to this prayer meeting, and at the end of the prayer meeting, he said, would you like us to pray for you anything? And he basically said, no, <laughs> because, because you have been praying for revival all these, these days and we see none of it. And then you have been praying for the power of the Holy Spirit in your lives and yet you complain of your, your lack of it and your emptiness. And it's like, I, why, you don't seem to expect any answer. Why should I let, have you pray for me? <laughs> They, he perceived that they didn't have any expectation. Now, maybe he was wrong about that, but the point is, it's expectation. It's not just praying it's, oh, and then complaining. What are we saying after our prayers? We might speak bold words of faith, but then afterwards we're speaking the contrary and just undoing what we spoke in faith. But even so... Yeah, I'm, the point is to have expectations. That's part of having faith in God, believing that you receive. Even so, with Finney, they actually did receive the answers to their prayers, and he actually was a major catalyst in the miracles that they were praying for. And he, he not only got converted, but he became the great revivalist, and they had enormous uh, 
revivals in that town and throughout. That was the second great awakening. So God is good. He will answer your prayers. But this is an encouragement today. I, I might, have, might have opened up some uh, doors for questions and things, and I don't know that I can answer every question about prayer. We still are learning, and I'm still learning, and, and you learn by doing. So I'm going to just encourage you to get into prayer and practice exercising faith. If you can't have faith for something big, have faith for something small. Start speaking the promises of God. Who in here has a mountain that they need to see removed? And, and are there any promises that you can speak to that mountain? That's the key. Can we speak and in, in the faith in God, in the name of Jesus, Jesus said to use his name. I want to talk more about that too, maybe next week. So I would say, we, we talked about how are we going to close this? We're going to have a reflective time of prayer. And I said, I don't, a reflective time of prayer is great, but that's not the point of this message to reflect. The point of this message is to get bold. And if you want to reflect for a moment, as Randy comes up, Ask God for boldness, just as the disciples did. They asked God for boldness, and what happened? They had boldness, and they spoke. And we speak to God. We don't pray to devils. We don't pray to mountains. But there are some times that we align ourselves with God in prayer to him in our hearts, directing our, our trust in his authority that we are moved to speak to something other than God and to say, this is what God says. This is what his word says. Jesus spoke to the devil, said, it is written. And that's a help for us in the days ahead. We stand on the word, and we're not tossed to and fro by everything, circumstances, and everything else that's going on. Can you be built up in your faith? Yes, you can. Pray in the spirit. Obey the word. Search out your, your product descriptions in the promises. And believe that you receive, and you will have. Let's take just a moment for, I guess we can reflect for a second. Ask the Lord for boldness, and then we'll close uh, with great is thy faithfulness. We want to have faith because God is so faithful. He's faithful to us, and we know he's able to do anything, but we also need to have faith that he wants to act on our behalf. It's his idea. It's his, it's his uh, design. So, Lord, ask uh, right now, we just ask for your boldness in our lives and help us to grow in these things where our prayers can be more faith-filled and that we can see you glorified through the yes and amen in Christ Jesus.